0: Welcome back, friends, to the self-care unit with Operation Happiness and Don't Clock Out. On today's episode, we are going to learn all about meditation, and we have a very special expert to help us do that, Ben Decker. Ben is a social activist, author, meditation teacher, and entrepreneur. He hosts the Modern Spirituality Show and is the author of Practical Meditation for Beginners, 10 Days to a Happier, Calmer You. That's why we are really excited to have him, because he can take anybody even novice meditators into a deep exploration of their own psyche. Thank you for being with us, Ben. We're so excited to have you here. Carly and I were just saying before that we need you. We <laughs> like, need you. This your is sense. more for us than for everyone else.
1: <laughs> Everybody needs like some backup when it comes to meditation. Yeah. Everybody does. You know, it's first of all, what no one even knows really what meditation is. You know, it's like First of all, it looks different to different people, people, you hear people say things that totally don't make sense. You know, you learn a little bit here, a little bit there, you see it on a TV show, someone's on a talk show, you get little snippets here and there, but it's so general and so vague and means so many different things to different people that it's like, how could you not wonder if you're even doing it right? You know?
0: Yeah. And it's like also like, what does it mean for you when you actually practice it with intention? And I think that's where I've been. I've had kind of a wall is maybe I will dabble with a group or maybe I'll dabble through a video or through a short, like one minute long Instagram meditation clip. But then I don't practice it daily or I don't try to actually be intentional about it and see what it means to me. I'm like projecting what it would mean to somebody else. And I think that's maybe what we'll explore here. And I'm hoping to learn more about how I can be more intentional. Carly, what are your thoughts? Same thing. <laughs> I <Yeah>. I was <laughs> saying
2: earlier uh, that I am very future focused and it's something I'm trying to work on to be more present. And I think starting my day with meditation or some sort of grounding would really help me to... Yeah. Just start from that place and understand that you know every day is a new moment. It doesn't have. I don't have to think about tomorrow. We can just live in the now. And so I'm very excited because I would love some tools or yeah. just some education about how to do that. Start somewhere.
0: And we come from like the context of working in healthcare, where it feels like we just go through the motions every single shift, and it kind of becomes a blur almost and we don't take any time for ourselves. We're expected to just keep going otherwise everything's going to collapse around us and that trickles into our daily lives and it's hard for us to stop. And we kind of we need that. We need a simple tool in a way to slow ourselves down, regulate our nervous systems and just really be present within ourselves, ground ourselves and a lot of us just don't get to pay attention to that or don't feel like we have time for that or don't feel like it's realistic for us.
1: Right. Definitely. I think that we're in a society that rewards um, busyness while we are at the same time a society in desperate emergency. So so it, we, we we are rewarding busyness uh, through the typical capitalistic structure of of like needing more and and things getting being expensive and costing money and all that you know jazz, and then on the other side, we're also in like this huge state of emergency. So this state of emergency that we're all collectively actually in, which you know uniquely um, from the healthcare perspective. Um, while we're also in a society that needs us to look perfect and be perfect and, and do interesting things and post interesting content for free. It's like we all work for free for these social media companies, you know, and um, we, we're just there keeping each other on, you know, so they can make tons and tons of money. Uh, and, you know, meanwhile, there's a lot of different ways to connect to people. There's a lot of different ways to you know get what we want out of social media without having it be something that takes up so much of our lives, you know? Um, And luckily some people don't have that problem, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, there's there's all these expectations from all these angles and that can be really overwhelming. And so one of the things we have to realize is that you are there every single moment. You are really, your experience, your body is there in every single moment that you're in. So if, if you're thinking about the future, well, that's good. You should plan for the future, but we shouldn't trip about the future, right? You know, it's like that perfect balance. And so bringing ourselves into the present moment, for me, the biggest idea is remembering, wow, I'm actually here. I'm in this experience right now. When you're, when you're in a really challenging situation, you, you hit that like boom, 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 like an emergency room kind of situation. You hit that state where you're, you have to like rely on your training. You have to rely on your, your practice. You have to rely on on each other. And you have to like enter into that altered state where you're like in emergency mode. And there is the energy of life and death. And you are having an empathic response to the, to the patient and to the other practitioners in the space. And it's huge. And those are the moments where the practice is put to the test. So so it's in, in those moments where you surrender into like your training and into the flow. And that's when you have to be present, you know. And so it's in the other moments that we exercise presence, right? And so it's like t- taking a moment and saying like, you see, you like, well, like I have these flowers here behind me. Uh, I've
0: been, it's beautiful. I've been staring at it.
1: (laughs) You know, when you, when you see flowers, for example, and you're busy, you got stuff to do. You see flowers every day. You see, you know, you're, you're, you parked your car and you're rushing inside to the office or to wherever you need to be right now. And you walk right past those, those rose bushes. You walk right past those rose bushes. You know Um, it's not, it's not cliche to say stop and smell the roses, but what presence really is. And one of the ways you can start to practice it is just be aware of whenever something is beautiful Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and give it a beat, give it a, give it an acknowledgement, take a moment and be like, beautiful. You know, I was driving down uh, from Los Angeles to Murrieta, which is like, A couple hours south and uh yesterday and i was going to go visit my aunt and uncle who are moving to indiana Mm -hmm. and um so i went i'm driving down there and it's almost sunset and we're having this really good stimulating conversation my cousin and i you know we're going to see her parents and uh and i'm really stimulated mentally by the conversation and i like where we're going and it's helpful and it's helping me unlock something and i'm so appreciative of it and she's driving And then she says, wow, look at the flowers. And it was like a super bloom. You know, there's like all, and we, we started to drive for miles. There were these huge fields of bright orange flowers. They were all the same color. They were all on the same side of the mountains, something to do with the sun setting or whatever, you know, and, and it was like this moment of presence where we were just driving safely appreciating the view, realizing that we're driving past thousands of flowers, taking that moment, taking the sunset moment, knowing that we're driving to go see her parents, knowing that her parents are now leaving. they they're, they're Right now they're two hours away. Soon they're going to be across the country. You know, just experiencing all of that in the moment that it's happening is essentially... Living mindfully. So if if you can't practice a, a mindfulness meditation, you want to you want to really engage consciously with those moments, you know, in your life. Anytime there's beauty, anytime there's something good, you know, people talk about a gratitude practice. A gratitude practice is great, but even simpler than that, just an acknowledgement practice. Wow, that's beautiful.
0: Wow, I like that. I love that. Like, and I feel like it's needed in the healthcare space, because we're so used to the same routine over and over again, but we don't really stop to appreciate like the in- intensity of what we do or how beautiful it is to provide someone with space to grieve or just holding someone's hand for a moment and what that means to them and how you have like a chance encounter with a patient's family member and the impact you might have on them. Like We don't think about those things. We don't stop and appreciate the beauty of working in healthcare of nursing practice, um, and then what it's like to live outside of it. So we read that you have been a meditation practitioner for your whole life, that you started at the age of four. That is incredible. What ways do you feel like meditation has shaped your life since then?
1: Well, I definitely was a weird kid. (laughs) Same. (laughs) I was... I was the kid on the playground sitting in full lotus position, which is like that famous cross-legged position with my hands in a mudra. Yeah. Um, very literally, I actually did that. We we moved around quite a bit as a kid at, when I was a kid. Um, I've got two older brothers and two younger brothers. So big family. We moved around a lot. And for me, the meditation practice meant being okay being with everybody and being with all the overstimulation i was a very sensitive kid um and also being okay with being alone being okay with everybody else being somewhere else right now and um going into my room taking personal time um meditation helped me process through. I was already a rowdy enough teenager, okay? And um s- naughty in all the different ways, right? And um if it wasn't for some kind of meditation and having that touchstone throughout my days, throughout my life, throughout my throughout the high school years, if I didn't have that pattern I don't think I would have been able to process teenage depression, teen angst, moving. I went to three different high schools in four years. And, you know, that's really rare to, to you know, ideally you go to one, right? Mm-hmm. And, and even better if you can go to one and it's the same district as the junior high that you went to. And it's the same district as the middle school and elementary school that you went to, you know, but I didn't have that. I I lived in multiple States. A lot of people can relate to that. It's a really common thing. Um, But really it gave me a sense of stability within myself um, that I'm alive in this world and, and, and I'm, I'm going to be the person who has the most effect on how I'm experiencing something, you know? And so it's like the, those foundational ideas that are behind everything else, That make the biggest difference so if you can't sit down and do a meditation exercise or a meditation practice look try a guided meditation first of all guys try it out listen try to listen without totally judging and hating everything the person's saying who's guiding the meditation listen to the meditation try not to dislike the sound of their voice try not to um, overanalyze the guidance they're giving you try to let them be their professionals you know try to and the reason I'm saying that is because that's those are the biggest reasons why people don't like guided meditation the thing is if someone has gone to the trouble to record a guided meditation and you've you've determined that this is a good one to download cuz they wrote a couple books or cuz they're a monk or because they're a psychiatrist or whatever reason works for you for this guided meditation that you're going to get you know try to let let them help you, you know, don't think about them like this, is this going to be like Grammy winning sound quality, even though I'm really, I think my guided meditations are really pretty. I try really hard to make them beautiful because I have had such a hard time with guided meditations, you know? So I would say, first of all, try guided meditations Second of all, when you're trying the guided meditation, try to think about this person being a practiced, certified, trained, educated professional who's guiding you through a process. So let me try to do what they're saying. And and what I mean by that is when you're listening to the guided meditation, they're going to say things like, send a wave of relaxation through every part of your body with each and every exhale. Okay, so let's try that with one exhale right now. Ah, Sending a wave of relaxation through each and every part of the body. And now imagine we do that again. Ah, Sending the body, you know, every muscle in the body, decompressing, softening, relaxing under its own weight. Now imagine you're sitting there doing that with every exhale for a 10-minute meditation. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel relaxed. You're yeah. going to rejuvenated. No matter what. <laughs> no matter what. And so the key with, with meditations is sometimes in this ADHD culture that we're in, sometimes mm-hmm. people like me, people like you, people like normal human beings, everyone on this planet who struggles in some ways at sometimes with finding inner balance, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's a huge practice, especially in a chaotic world. It's also there's huge benefits to it because we're in a chaotic world. Everyone will benefit from you doing that. Everyone around you will benefit from you being more present. From you being able to show up more. The one of my favorite quotes when I first started teaching meditation in like uh, 2010, I remember David Lynch. A David Lynch quote. He I went to a lecture and he had one of his quotes big on the on the projector and it said. The thing about meditation is that you become more and more you.
0: I love that. <laughs> and I love David Lynch also.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I, and actually I've been doing yoga a lot recently and I hadn't done it mm-hmm. until Same. the end of last year. And that has been really good at, cause I'll be honest, I used to be one of those people when they would say stuff like that, like just, you know, find the vibrations in your body. I was like. Okay, it's weird. You know, I honestly would judge it and right. just being completely a <laughs> hundred here. Yeah. Um. And then I actually yoga has been really helpful with that kind of, you know, listening to that and not judging and, you know, just really being in tune with my body and my mind. And it, I it's just like my happy place now, and I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Um. But also we had the chance. Um, to do Reiki. And so that really helped me as well, because that's a lot of mm-hmm. guided imagery. And so I'm a very imaginative person. I love fantasy mm-hmm. books. So it's all, it's all going on up here. And so <laughs> that was very beneficial because I could see what she was talking about. I could picture it. And so I think if I were to do some type of medication, like you were talking about more with the guided practice, that that would be beneficial to me because I'd like to, you know, like walk into the river, like walk, you know, find the trees. Yeah. Like I love that. That's very helpful. So, yeah, yeah. that's my vent. But
0: and I, I've also I understand why you pointed out the potential barrier is someone might not like someone's voice or someone might not like what they are choosing to guide you through. And that might stop someone from fully being present through that meditation. But I think once you can release yourself from that judgment or. Just that harshness or that need to nitpick every single thing, that in and of itself can be a problem. And it's something that I have to work through. Because I do, I also, I like if I hear something that I don't like or a sound that I don't like, or oh, I think maybe that's a little corny. Is it corny or is it just what society has told me is corny? And I won't accept that for myself as something that I can potentially be healed with. And I think we need to be more open and okay with like just taking it taking people where they're at and you know trying to use it to the best of your ability and not have so many walls built up and yeah especially like with social media and stuff like that it's easy to get wrapped up in the negativity and the judgment like recently people have been pointing out my eyebrows they don't like that I have so much hair here what (laughs) and I don't understand it and it's like every week now I get a comment about it and I'm like I'm just gonna let it grow more just so that people can get more upset (laughs)
2: so
1: what
0: and what's crazy like in middle school I actually like use a razor and shaved this part of my eyebrow here
1: Hey, notice what you just said Mm -hmm. middle school
0: yeah and I'll never forget that
1: so you know who is controlling the f- the foremost, f- the frontmost facing narrative on social media, middle schoolers.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're bullies, man. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah.
1: Adults are allowing themselves to indulge their own inner middle school bully. Mm-hmm. When really, I think. For the most part, those things were would have normally been kept private. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. And yeah. nothing someone would say in person, right? And so now I just I don't care. I love
1: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good that it you makes me it. happy. And it's like <laughs> part of it. That's like part of what we yeah. do is like um you don't begin meditating. If you've heard of uh, Pema Chodron, she's an amazing meditation teacher. She's a nun uh, who I'm very inspired by. And um, she says, you don't become good at meditating to throw away who you are and become someone new. Yeah. You begin meditating to befriend who you really are.
0: Yeah. I like, I feel like you can't do it without acceptance and self-love. Yeah. Like there's no way.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: There's no way. There's
1: a view. There's a perspective of you that only you see. And it's this one mm-hmm. look straight into the mirror. Okay. Yeah. And no one's going to quite get the angles that you get when you look straight yeah. into the mirror and no one's going to quite get that view of you. And they're not going to get that access to your own unconscious mind the way that you do. When you look yourself in the mirror, what you say matters. Mm-hmm. And so one of the primary things that you wanna do, even if you can't sit down and meditate, look, I have a book on meditation. I have a bunch of guided meditations. I talk about it on a bunch of workshops. I do workshops for it all the time. There's there's 10 different meditation techniques in my book, Practical Meditation for Beginners. Check out some of them, you know? Yeah. But the biggest thing is it's in those little moments. When you see yourself in the mirror, when you're talking to your coworkers, when you're talking to your friends, when you're talking to your kids and your partner, when you're talking to your family members, your sisters, your brothers, your parents, all of those conversations, talking to self and all of these people, those interactions are the most important and beneficial opportunity to practice mindfulness. And it's really just and intuitive courtesy. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot but it is a lot more intimate. It's a Mm -hmm. lot more intimate. It's a lot more. It's just like the difference between a friend and a lover. Mm. We have to fall in love with each other. Yeah. We have to learn to feel emotion when each other are feeling emotion. And, and for for us to allow ourselves to feel it when we're feeling it. Because if we don't, if we resist it, then it literally builds up in our minds like this emotional residue. And we have these explosions in other places, which is partially why in meditation, you you want to stop everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you sit down to meditate, let's say five minutes, five minutes. You know, once w- once you get past this phase of like, how to do it? Which one should I do? Five minutes here, five minutes there. You you have to take an interest, okay? Like no one's gonna meditate you, okay. <laughs> you you have to take an interest, you know. You have to say, you know what? I sometimes have alternative interests. And if that means it's corny to my brother, then I'm gonna embrace the fact that my brother thinks I'm the corny one because I'm gonna meditate, you know. And I, I appreciated that you said that, you know, when I was a teenager i remember uh lifetime movies being the corniest lamest crap and being like this is so dumb and why is she making such a big deal out of that mistakes happen what's happened this is so dumb this is so over dramatic blah 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 i'm watching it and i'm like oh why is she making such a big deal whatever yeah and why you know why would he do something like that that's so ridiculous you know whatever you know and hallmark and lifetime, I just felt like get those. Oh, I could never even consider watching one. And then, like a couple Christmases ago, actually during COVID, I was home visiting my parents, and I just decided to be really present with them. And they turned on some Lifetime movie, and it's very dramatic. And I'm like, Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> and, uh, and I notice my parents having a certain level of investment in what they're seeing on the screen and caring. But then also they were having a little side conversation with each other. And also my mom got up to make a sandwich. Dad scooped himself a bowl of ice cream, you know, and it was like, it was such a perfect metaphor because they were watching, they were present, they were engaged and so I I was like okay I'm going to actually not sit here and silently judge everything about this movie. And so I start watching it and I'm like you're not too good for this movie. <laughs> you're not too good for these people, you're not too good for this channel, watch this show. And I'm watching it. And whatever happens and he says this and she says that and then they realize this and that and whatever and then they kiss. And it was such a sweet moment. I I literally said Ah, that was sweet. <laughs> and it was, it was being just engaged enough without the judgment, just engaged enough to know what's happening in the movie, but not so engaged that I'm like emotionally distraught and, and dysregulated and freaked out about what's happening in the movie. If there's a movie that's doing that to you, like that's a good one to turn off. Okay. Um, like
0: hereditary
1: Yeah, when you're in a workplace where there are scary, scary, scary moments that horror movies are made of, you know, um, that's when all of that exercising that you've done, all of that training that you've done, including meditation and mindfulness practices, that's when they, all of the resilience that's cultivated from that is available to you, you know? And you have it and you you have the capacity to take care of it. You have the ability to deal with it, you know. And with people who work in healthcare, um, you know, I don't want to overgeneralize, but there are a lot of benefits that would specifically, uniquely support someone who works in especially a high-pressure healthcare environment, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially with the, the high-intensity moments.
2: No, I was actually going to ask you because we... Sarah and I talk about this sometimes, how we love how it's not always medicine, medicine, medicine. And then, you know, the old hospital I used to work at actually had um, like aromatherapy. And what's the other one I talked about, Sarah, that I cannot think of right now? What's the one with the needles? Why am I losing my brain right now? Acupuncture. Acupuncture. Hello.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So yes, more. Holistic modalities, yes. um, naturopathic modalities and how sometimes medicine can cause us to either stray away from that or not believe in it or judge those who practice mm-hmm. um, more holistic methods and how we need to be a little bit more open, not only for our patients, but also for ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. It starts with having fun with it. It starts with not, not um, blocking yourself from feeling good. We have this, we have this collective belief that I'm not allowed to feel good. Recreational drugs. People say like, oh, there's so much judgment on people who use cannabis. And it's like, okay, well, what's the judgment here that they're lazy, that they're, that they're what sitting there on the couch doing nothing high. Yeah. They're not productive enough. They're not creating enough. Look, there's always a balance in everything. But we can't deliver these like sweeping harsh judgments over people. We've got to actually like integrate our own perspectives about these different kinds of things. And the first thing that I always say is you're allowed to feel good. It, it doesn't mean you're never going to feel bad. It means that sometimes you have the opportunity to actually feel good. You have the opportunity to feel decent. And someone with chronic pain or a chronic condition is going to be like, dude, you suck. Shut up. But the but what I'm saying is there are certain very little things that we block ourselves from taking care of ourselves. One of them is taking a great shower. We look at taking a shower like a quick chore when we're busy, when we're on the go. Sometimes we skip multiple days because we think that we're allowing ourselves to relax, allowing ourselves to be lazy, allowing ourselves the self-care that we need. And look, sometimes the self-care you need is literally sleeping an extra 20 minutes and not taking a shower. Okay. Respect. Uh, but at the same time, sometimes that shower getting a good shower in where, where the, there's a couple ways you, what, what makes a good shower? Well, a good shower is you do all of your things in there, you know, you, whatever your things are. If it means using an exfoliation loofah and a body scrub and, you know, a different facial cleanser and clearing out the cleaning the bottom of your feet and using it as a special shampoo and conditioner, all whatever it is for you, that your that self care routine becomes a mindfulness practice, you know, and you and it becomes yeah. a form of meditation.
0: I, I love that. And I literally like last week or the week before I was pretty low. And it was like a couple of days where I just took quick showers. And by the third day, I was like, no, like Sarah, like you need to do something for you. And so I used a scalp scrub that I let sit for 10 minutes, left that in, put on a a face mask. And it was the morning. And I'm like, I don't care if this is going to take me two hours. This is going to be the best shower of my life. And after that, I felt so good. Just like the heat of the water, rubbing the scalp scrub out of my hair, then washing my hair, doing a shampoo and conditioner, waiting the amount of time I want to condition my hair, shaving my legs, like just feeling like a person and spending the time I needed to feel reset and like a person again. And I hadn't felt that in a little bit. I was really not taking care of my own physical needs my outward appearance. And I decided that morning, like you can't. And I think it also ties in with like what you said about like looking in the mirror. When I looked in the mirror, I was saying to myself, Sarah, you need to work on you today. Like this is it. You have to work on yourself today. Mm -hmm. And it was simple and maybe small to someone else. But for me, it was everything. Mm -hmm. And it changed the whole tone of my entire week I felt more productive. I was doing more. I was exercising more and cooking and doing things that bring me joy, all because I decided that that was it was enough, and using that mindfulness practice and deciding what that meant for me.
2: I just have stadium tours, so I don't know what you guys are doing in the shower, but I have a whole concert going. <laughs> so we got the lights. We got the oh, steam.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is I my, have my show.
0: Spotify. My daily mix that Spotify makes for me. And it has like all of my favorite songs that I play too often. You got your Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers, you know, you got your Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift. And that's what's playing as I'm doing my routine. Go through like five or six songs. I don't care if the water bill's high. I got to take some time for me.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it really is those little things where it's like, there's, there's the showers. Another one is good sleep hygiene, Put you know, put your phone away from the bed. Don't check your phone from the bed. Give yourself like a, some, a, a closing ritual, you know, a self care ritual, brush your teeth, wash your face, those kinds of things there at the end, you know, at the end of the day before bed Um. Doing some kind of reading, something that you want in your brain, something that you want in your mind, some kind of like good energy um, that you can take with you into dreamland, you know, um, little things to tighten up the day, like cleaning up as soon as you make a mess, uh, sh- getting a good self-care shower, doing good dental care, Um making your bed when you wake up in the morning not lingering too long in bed but not forcing yourself to shoot out of bed like a ball out of a cannon you know um finding those little areas of balance those are really what the some of the first benefits of meditation are they start to happen naturally and so if you have a hard time staying focused or having your mind feel relaxed in a meditation practice, then all of these other things starting to implement some of these ideas can actually start to help you feel like you can drop deeper into a meditative state.
0: My husband and I every night we try to put our phones away an hour earlier. And it's something that we have to work on every single day. Because we get wrapped up in that TikTok algorithm (laughs) for you page cycle. (laughs) And it really is taking too much of our time. And so we've been working on finding ways to just put our phones away. Sometimes I'll give mine to him and he puts them both together in a place out of reach. And that works for the both of us. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to just get rid of it cold turkey. But we're slowly trying to create that practice and prioritize our sleep. And turn off the blue lights.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Ben, do you have
2: any? I know we talked a lot about beginners and being a novice, but do you have any like last advice for someone that wants to start and has continuously tried? I'm talking me to myself in the mirror, um, but still, still is struggling to just keep keep the mindfulness or just be present.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a few things that come up first. Um, there's I'll give you guys a code for the unplug meditation app um and uh I have twenty five guided meditations on there. There are a hundred other teachers with a lot of guided meditations on there. I would say first first step would be find some guided meditations, explore them, try to just enjoy them, have fun with them <laughs> unplug and uh let's see the next the next thing that I would say is really become aware of your breath anywhere you are, no matter what you're doing. If you're in the middle of something, if you're waiting on someone, if you're standing in line at the bathroom, if you're in the bathroom washing your hands, whatever it is, whenever you have this thought, whenever you remember that this was said to you, take a breath. Just take a breath and sort of let yourself reset into the moment resetting into the moment you're going to show up better. It's going to be more about you, not just about you in a way that's um, selfish. What I really mean is it's going to be more about the moment is going to have more of you. It's going to have more of the authentic you, the, the version of you that isn't irritable or impatient or frustrated or insecure, which we all are, you know, I've met some people who don't seem to be that way. And I'm like, you must be that way behind my back. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But
2: where are you hiding it?
1: Yeah. The idea is to get, put your best foot forward in life. You know, it's this principle of you get what you give, you know, so, so trying to give more openness, the idea is that you'll receive more openness, you know, and, and taking better care of yourself, you're better, you're more there for other people, you know. And and meditation meditation twice a day is the bomb if you can do it. If you can do it. But if you can't do it, it's for you. It's not like someone's not gonna like grade you on it.
0: I just really like how you tie in that it can help benefit those around you as well, mm-hmm. and maybe improve their quality of life and in turn have them practice. In a similar way, or they change their behaviors around you, I think it can help just make society better as a whole. Yeah, thank you. I'm feeling this very amazing. fired up. Fire Relax. Relax. Like,
2: <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Ben, for taking yeah. the time to join us today on the self care unit. Honestly, really appreciate everything you had to share with us. And I know our audience will too. And hopefully, Sarah and I can keep each other accountable to start some guided meditation but if our listeners want to see more from ben including his podcast private sessions and classes please check out his website it's ben decker meditation.com decker is d-e-c-k-e-r or his instagram at benjamin w decker thanks again ben
1: yeah thanks so much thank you